Hello and welcome to Just Needs, a podcast where we talk about parenting children with disabilities. I'm your host, Christina Kozik, and let me just say I'm so glad you're here. This podcast is a project of Exceptional Lives, a nonprofit organization that supports families like yours. You can learn more about Exceptional Lives at our website, www.exceptionallives.org. Earlier this spring, our friend, Mr. Raymond Jetson of Metamorphosis, led a webinar about how to build a village of support for our children with disabilities. This week, I want to share three ways to help you build that village for you and your child with disabilities. He told us about the work his family has done to build community for his daughter, Jerrica Nicole Jetson, who is now 31 and was born with developmental disabilities. Mr. Raymond said, what I want to know is that there are people around my daughter who know her and who have some level of understanding of her and who are positioned to help her live her best life, not to care for her, not to protect her, not to record keep her, but to support her to live her best life. Mr. Raymond laid out three steps to help those of us who have children or even adults with disabilities. The first step to build this community for your child is to build the people. Your child's people are the ones that have knowledge, understanding, and skills to support your child exactly as they are. We can't expect everyone to understand our children right off the bat, but we can teach people what they need to know. We can find new people who already get it, and for those who can or won't get on board, we can ask ourselves whether they really should be our children's people. Mr. Raymond told us about Miss Jerrica's tendency to wander away. He asked, should the neighbors be aware of who she is and know that she sometimes wanders? And in the rare set of circumstances that my lovely daughter were to show up in their yard, how should they approach Jerrica? So imagine a scenario where your neighbors watch a stranger come into their front yard and the stranger can't communicate where she lives or why she's there. Maybe someone calls the police to try to resolve things. Now everyone involved is upset and scared. But what would it look like to build people in this scenario? Here's a possibility. Mr. Raymond's family makes it a point of introducing themselves to all the neighbors. They give the neighbors their phone numbers and let them know that Miss Jerrica sometimes walks away from home. They talk about how to communicate well with her. And then the next time that Miss Jerrica wanders away from home, a friendly neighbor greets her by her name. That neighbor gives her parents a call to tell them she is safe. Miss Jerrica is welcomed and offered some lemonade while she waits patiently for her parents to come pick her up. Nobody panics because building people transform this situation to just a hiccup. We can also build people by seeking out people who would enjoy spending time with our children. This could be peers in an adult day program, friends from an adaptive swim team or a Miracle League soccer team. It could be a college student staffing your child's after-school program. I ask friends and colleagues to tell me what it looks like when they've built people for their child. And here are some few, a few things I learned. My sister never panics when my kid is having a meltdown. She just calmly waits it out nearby. That group of kids always includes him in the conversation, even though he doesn't speak. And then... They don't police her brusque tone. They just really listen to what she's telling them. Think about some things you've learned since you found out about your child's disability. How will you share what you've learned to build the people who can understand and support your child? And this is where I remind you to involve your child whenever possible. This is their information you are sharing and your child's consent matters. The second step to building this community for your child is to build places. Mr. Raymond challenged us. 
How do you pay attention to spaces that your family member will frequent or should frequent? And what are the things that you need to do so that those spaces are equipped to receive? This was a colleague's answer to that question. She said, with a lot of work and a lot of time, we identified places that accommodate the needs of my children. And then we helped the people in those places get to know who our kids are. Her daughter's dance program knows that when they see her name on the registration list, they need to sign up an American Sign Language or ASL interpreter for her class. Her Girl Scout troop did the same thing. Fun fact here, did you know that the Girl Scouts founder, Juliette Lowe, was deaf? Interesting, right? My colleague goes on to say that when her daughter went to a new summer camp, they asked if they could meet with the staff beforehand to talk about how to communicate through an interpreter. Her daughter felt shy and asked her to do the presentation and then took over almost before she even finished introducing herself. The counselors were excited to learn how to work with an interpreter and were completely charmed by her kid. They didn't miss a beat when camp started and she had a great time. Here's what building places might look like for you and your child. The local librarians know that your child may not follow the quiet signs, and they're not bothered. The pediatrician's office knows that your child gets anxious on the exam table, so they do the exam while they sit on a chair. No one in your congregation bats an eyelash when your child puts on some noise-canceling headphones during the singing. Now, none of this happens without a lot of trial and error, and there are some places that will never shift in ways that will really make your child truly welcome. It hurts when that happens, but when we manage to make this happen for our kids, or better yet, watch them advocate for themselves as they get older, it's magic. Now, the third step to building this community for your child is to build presence. Mr. Raymond asked, how does the world around you have an awareness of the person that is your family member and not this individual with disabilities? One idea of his was to create a one-pager that talks about your child. This is another place where your child should participate if possible because this is information about them. And depending on who you share it with, you may want to include things like what your child loves to do, how your child communicates, what helps your child feel calm or stay grounded, and what activities or aspects of their environment bring them joy or stress them out. What skills do they have that may not be obvious? How does your child show distress, anxiety, or even pain? What behaviors they may display, like rocking in their seat or separating their food onto different plates, that might be surprising or worrying to others, but are just who your child is. In a previous episode titled, Introduce Your Child with F-Words, It's Not What You Think, I discuss a framework for creating a one-pager for your child and provide some examples and resources. I'll add a link to that episode in the show notes in case you haven't listened to it yet. Now, another way to build presence is by showing up with our children in our community. We go to religious celebrations, the grocery store, community festivals, and parent-teacher association meetings. We participate and we insist on accessibility. We post about our kids with their permission on social media. Maybe we talk about their disability, but we also talk about their obsession with Minecraft or the new job they just started or their upcoming dance performance. We seek out their disabled peers and we support their friendships. We find their typical developing peers and we support those friendships too. We find groups of other families who share some of our joys and struggles, and we look for adult role models with similar disabilities. We find adaptive programs so our children can swim or sing or go to camp. And if there are none, we find mainstream programs that can make accommodations so that way they can swim or sing or go to camp. We teach people to see our children the way we do, 
as a whole wonderful human that they are. And we keep building their community for them and with them. And at the end of the day, isn't this exactly what we all want for our children? I hope you find this episode insightful. I'll add links to Mr. Raymond's webinar in the show notes. You can watch the video or even read the transcript. This podcast was written by Marissa Howard Karp and presented by me, Christina Kozik, for Exceptional Lives. You can subscribe and follow the podcast at our website, www.exceptionallives.org forward slash just needs podcast. Our website also has blogs, guides, upcoming events, and a resource directory for Massachusetts and Louisiana. We'd love for you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Exceptional Lives. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening.